there were also prayers when his son was present. Hazrat Abraham on his own was saying the prayers. Apparently, those prayers in the jungles and in the deserts were lost in the air for good, and no trace was left of them. After a long time, after thousands of years, those prayers were revealed on the heart of His Holiness, Muhammad Mustafa. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And Allah told him that one of my worshippers, Abraham, had said these prayers in a big and barren desert, which means that these prayers are a priceless treasure. And those people for whose sake these prayers have been preserved, if they do not benefit from them, how sad it will be. For the treasures of the world people struggle so hard, but those treasures which are buried in the Holy Quran, they pass by them with superficial glance. If they dive into them, then those things which apparently do not look interesting are found to have meanings of ever new enjoyment, and they overwhelm one's heart. Now, in this connection, I will put this prayer of the time of Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, before you, which the Holy Quran has mentioned in chapter Yunus, verse 87. <laughs> It is a prayer of those who believed in Hazrat Moses and is not of Moses. When Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, said to his people that you should believe, then about those who believed from among them, Alis, to believe in this Moses is a very difficult thing, especially when it was the time of Pharaoh, such a tyrant Pharaoh, whose tyranny is recorded in the history of the world, and he himself knew of his tyranny. He thought that beside me there is none worthy of worship. At such a time, to answer the call of Hazrat Moses, may the blessings of Allah be upon him, and say, We have believed, was a great claim. It is such a claim as one would say that I am prepared to be totally annihilated from this world. Therefore, right from the start, they said, It is a difficult thing, but God, trusting whom we are stepping forward, He will protect us. He can prevail over every cruel man. And every tyrant. Rabbana Lata Jalna Fitnata Lil Komi Zalimin. O our Lord, do not make us a trial for the wrongdoers. The word fitna here has been used in a most wonderful way to give two meanings. In the Holy Quran, the word fitna 
is also used in the sense of forcibly changing one's faith. We learn from the Quran that if through force making one suffer one is compelled to change one's faith, it is called fitna. For instance, Allah says in the Holy Quran, This process will continue till the fitna is removed from the world. And the faith should become exclusively for Allah and no longer should the true faith. So do not make us a fitna that we should become a target of their coercion and they should put us through trials. The other meaning of the word fitna is that do not miss a stumbling block because one meaning of fitna is an obstacle. So, O Lord, when we have believed in this faith, we should not have such weakness in us, observing which they should say that, look, these are the believers who do such and such wrong deeds. They claim to purify people, but themselves suffer such sins. So the prayer to purify one from all faults is included in it. Then it also includes a combined sense of these two meanings. What it means is that, O Lord, if you let us be a target of their wickedness, then the wicked people will think, God is not on their side. They have no protector. Thus the subject of stumbling and atrocities have become combined here. So for Jamaat Ahmadiyya, this is most suitable and timely prayer, especially in this period of trials. We should supplicate to God in these words keeping in view its wider connotation. If in its subject you keep in view the situation of your oppressed Ahmadi brothers, keep in view the difficulties through which you have passed, and remind yourself of the various atrocities which are being unleashed in various places and of various kinds, then a great painful feeling will develop in this prayer. And when you will reflect on those who believed in Hazrat Moses, that how great a people they were, despite being so weak, they had faced a most dreadful tyrant, but they started this talk with the word. That we are advancing, putting our trust in Allah. So you must never forget the subject of tawakkul, on Allah. Then you see what great life develops in this prayer. This prayer of thousands of years cannot die. It is a living prayer and will live forever. Then he prays, And deliver us 
of the nation of unbelievers through your mercy. Here the subject of deliverance points to migration. Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, had been commanded to migrate and Pharaoh was obstructing that migration. So Najjena here means migration because when finally Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, reached Hazrat Shoaib, he gave Hazrat Moses the glad tiding using the same word that you have been delivered of the wicked people. So what is meant here is the successful migration. So he prayed that despite our being among them, O Lord, save us from them. And then with your grace, please enable us successfully to migrate away from them. The prayer of Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, has been recorded in these words. Generally, cursing prayers are not attributed to the prophets. But if you study minutely one or two places where the curses have been recorded, you will find that the wisdom of invoking the curse and its reason will be found at the same place. And the subject is very clear that the Holy Quran is such a book which leaves no possibility of doubt. For instance, when Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, saw that the people are denying repeatedly and after each torment they repent temporarily and then deny again, he said this prayer. O Lord, a people who display arrogance because of wealth can never believe. The rich have their own kind of psyche and they always look upon the poorer people with disrespectful and despising glance. Here, Hazrat Moses, peace be on him, has studied their psychology and has come to the conclusion that, that they have suffered torment as Allah said that they were shown repeated signs and Allah's words were fulfilled. But they eventually step back. Apparently they believe but then they retreat. In view of this Hazrat Moses peace be on him thought that the arrogance of their riches is destroying them. That, O oh God, attack and destroy their riches. And whatever self-conceit has developed in their hearts, be to their hearts. Send such torment on them that their hearts should become gentle. They shall never believe as long as they do not suffer a painful torment. Allah was aware of these things. No new conclusion has been reached by Hazrat Moses, peace be on him. Despite that, why was Allah not enabling them? It was because they were no longer worthy of believing. Therefore, when Allah accepts the prayers, there is always a deep, subtle link between the prayer and its acceptance, which cannot be seen with a superficial study. 
but Allah continues to demonstrate his subtle relationship with his servants and this subject has been preserved in a highly interesting way in the meaning of the prayer and the acceptance in the Holy Quran. When Hazrat Moses said that when they will see the dreadful punishment then they will repent, Allah said, yes, we know that to what extent they will see the dreadful torment and then they will repent. But he did accept his prayer and then said that when we were about to drown Pharaoh, he said, then Pharaoh called out, I have now believed. Beside him there is none worthy of worship in whom the children of Israel have believed. Allah replied, What? Now you have believed? While you had disbelieved before? What it means is that the perception of the prophets is right. They make the right conclusion that the punishment should be made more severe. Without that, they will not believe. Allah says that some people advance so much in sin that the type of punishment that forces them to believe only comes when the truth has been fully established and to believe after that carries no weight. Now you see that except the prayer of Hazrat Moses we punished Pharaoh to the extent as a result of which he was forced to bow before God. But Allah said, now there is no time for the salvation of your soul because as long as your soul was in danger you did not believe in Moses and his Lord. But now when your body is in danger you say, please save me. Allah says, Okay. Today there is no time to save the soul but there is time to save your body. So we will save your body so that it becomes a means of lesson of warning to the coming generations. As a result of the prayer of Hazrat Moses regarding this incident there is much confusion in the history. Generally the Muslims believe that Pharaoh had there and then and only his body had survived. As far as I have searched the history, I have not been able to find any certain evidence that this pharaoh who is being mentioned was drowned because the mummified body which has been discovered is the same pharaoh and he did face this incident but there is no certain evidence that he died through drowning. Therefore, research in the future will tell us as to what was the real incident. It is then that the true interpretation of this verse will come before us by Did Allah mean that today we will save your body but your soul will not be saved? You will return and your body will be saved as a lesson for the world. Or did Allah mean that we will no doubt drown you but will save your corpse which will become a sign of warning for the world. In both these cases it is a great miracle 
but as I've just said it's one aspect needs further research therefore as you pray you must take care that you must not show such cleverness and cunning in these prayers that when later the prayer has been accepted you say oh what is it this has happened because of our prayer such interesting incidents do happen in fact through them allah shows signs of his nearness to his loved ones sometimes a small punishment goes with it some people want to see great miracles which should be obvious miracles with definite dates that such and such a person saw in his dream that on such and such a date this will happen and it did happen these are superficial things the real and living miracle is such treatment of a minute relationship of allah with his servant which continues throughout his life he continuously gets such subtle indications as a result of which it is established in the depths of his heart that it is a personal relationship of allah with me which is manifested continuously you have heard repeatedly the incident of hazrat munshi rode khan it is connected with this very subject as hazrat zafar ahmed sahib and hazrat munshi rode khan sought permission to leave qadian and return to their homes it was extremely hot and there had been no rain for some time hazrat munshi zafar ahmed sahib infi and affectionately asked hazrat promised messiah may peace and blessings of allah be upon him please pray that as it is too hot and we have difficult return journey allah make it rain munshi rode khan said that pray for me that there should be water from above and water from below there should be water everywhere so they rode the horse cart and set out towards batala away near badala they had to pass over a small bridge which we also used to cross before they reached the bridge suddenly thick clouds rose and there was heavy downpour and there was water everywhere the horse was pulling the cart at a great speed and as it went over the bridge there was a jerk munshi zafar ahmed sahab managed to hold his seat but munshi rode khan thrown in the water and thus there was water from above and water underneath such minor incidents may not have much significance for the outside world but they are far more important than the outside miracles to strengthen the faith of a believer and impress upon his mind and instill in his soul such things continue to happen to the ahmadis in their day to day life times a man from whom allah has good expectations makes a minor slip up he is immediately punished there are some who are not punished even for major mistakes and here not to be punished is a sign of allah's displeasure at times one punishes his loved ones more quickly from whom one has good expectations one accosts them quickly but those whom one has no good expectations he overlooks their major faults because he says this is what was expected of them
Therefore, regarding prayers, you will find some very interesting incidents in the Holy Quran, where if the one who is praying did a little slip up, then at the time of acceptance Allah pointed to it in, in an affectionate and subtle way. Therefore, the drowning of Pharaoh had a deep link with the prayer of Hazrat Moses, as a result of which he was enabled to believe, but it was useless and he had no benefit of it. But you must remember that the prayers of the prophets are never wasted. Therefore, Allah included a new and subtle subject in it. We are not your body in the way of a meaningless joke. Allah never does anything useless. And then it was the prayer of my servant Moses, so he should receive its benefit. So whatever benefit did not reach you, it will reach to the coming generations because of you. And the coming generations will be guided by it. Apparently, if you pass through these prayers with a cursory glance, you are an ordinary sort of meaning. But if you dive deeply, and to move ahead by looking at the deeper meaning, then you will find very subtle meanings which are concealed in these prayers and in these signs. May Allah continue to grant us their in-depth knowledge. The complete verses that it is now that you say that I have believed while you passed a whole life before this in negligence and you were not just a sinner but were a sinner who was a mischief maker. So this day we will save your body so that you may become a sign of warning for those who will come after you. And many of the people in the world are heedless of our signs. At the time when this verse was revealed, to say that most of the people in the world were heedless has twofold meaning. One is a general statement that often people are heedless of the signs of Allah. The other is that at the time the whole world was ignorant of the corpse of Pharaoh and it was such a sign which was not known to any scholar in the world nor was it known to any historian because according to the known history at the time the incident of Pharaoh to drown in the river and then God to give him this promise was not included in any historical record of the world. The Holy Quran has mentioned it for the first time and the civilization of Egypt was buried layer upon layer of sand and those great tombs in which later the corpses of the pharaohs were discovered were not known to the world at the time. So having is the conclusion of this mention as Allah says that many of the people in the world are ignorant of our signs. But we are so independent 
that we are not in any hurry and are not worried. We know that a time shall certainly come when these buried treasures will come to light and the earth will throw up these treasures once again, that is, the treasures of Allah's signs. Now I will tell you the prayer of Hazrat Noah, peace be on him. The Holy Quran says, that is, this prayer of Hazrat Noah is in fact a prayer taught by Allah. Allah says, You should board this boat. So it is a revealed prayer to continue to recite that in the name of Allah, in the name of that holy existence, we start this journey. Its course and its mooring is in His name. Surely my Lord is most forgiving and ever merciful. So whatever journey is undertaken in the sea or in the river, the Muslims who are aware of it recite this very prayer. We all Ahmadis should say this prayer. In Qadian, everyone knew this prayer well, and it was taught to all the children. But the present generations are becoming somewhat ignorant of it. That is why I am telling you the background of these prayers, so that you should help your children and all the friends in your neighborhood memorize these prayers and teach them this meaning and help them develop a personal link with them. When the children say these prayers and say them as they grow up, these prayers should rise from the depths of their hearts and they should say these prayers fully understanding their meaning. After boarding whatever journey Hazrat Noah, peace be on him, undertook in the name of Allah, one of his son was not accompanying him in that journey. And when the storm gathered strength, he saw that his son was standing by the side of a mountain. Hazrat called out to him, Come and join us. He said, I will seek shelter on this mountain. I don't need your boat. The next scene which Allah mentions is this, that as this talk was going on, a wave came in between them, and he was gone from his sight for good. At this, Hazrat Noah submitted to God with extreme restlessness. O Lord, you had promised to me that you will save my family, but I cannot understand your purpose and your work. But I know this much, that I have seen my son drown before my eyes. You know it best, why it has happened but my mind is anxious. At this, Allah said to Hazrat Noah, O Noah, he was not of your family. He was a child of unrighteous deeds, and unrighteous children cannot be the children of it. That is, they are not worthy to attribute themselves to the prophets. So the word Ahl is in the sense of Ahliyat, worthiness. 
here it does not mean blood relation. So Allah said, He is an unrighteous child. His deeds are not good. How can he be your child? So do not ask of me about such things of which you have no knowledge. I admonish you lest you be one of the ignorant. That is, if you did not take care and continue to advance on this path, it is feared that you will become one of the ignorant people. Hazrat Noah then painfully submitted. O my Allah, I seek your protection that I should ever ask you that of which I have no knowledge. And if you did not forgive me and did not have mercy on me, I shall certainly be one of the losers. The difficult thing here is that what one knows, he does not ask questions about it. And whatever one does not know, he does ask question about it. So what is this talk here? Allah says that if in future you ask about things which you did not know, you will be of the ignorant and will be of the losers. And Hazrat Noah says that I repent and seek your protection lest I should ever ask you a question about that of which I have no knowledge. It is a strange sort of puzzle. If you know something, then what is the need of asking it? And if you do not know, then how can asking a question become a sin? In fact, here Allah has put covering on Hazrat Noah and has overlooked his fault because a slight objection has risen in his heart, which has not been mentioned in words. Since Hazrat Noah was a great prophet, it looks he himself had kept a covering over that question. The question he has asked shows that respect was in its place, but at the same time there is restlessness that I cannot understand what should I do. My heart is feeling restless. The heart of the resolute prophets of God should not become restless on such things. Allah expects of them that they should realize that such incidents have certainly come to pass of which they do not know, but they are in the knowledge of God. And the judgment of Allah is correct. Therefore, we have no right to reason about the judgment of God. This subject is very subtle and very deep. And as a result of forgetting this subject, I have noticed that many of the Ahmadis who wrong their soul do stumble. There are many judgments of the caliphs of the time, and repeatedly such incidents happened in the time of Hazrat Muslim Aud, the second caliph, which are made in view of some minute wisdom, and its knowledge cannot be given to the world. This other subject is also concealed in this and is a subject of great importance. At times, asking a question 
a man suffers more trouble because the answer troubles him further. Here was a son whose wickedness was not known. Allah had put a covering on it, but when Hazrat Noah expressed his doubt, such a doubt which was so fine that Allah did not like to present it as a doubt, but the style of log shows as to what was the real matter. The respect was maintained in any case, and it was such deep respect even during that talk that because of Hazrat Noah's respect, Allah did not declare him to be ignorant. He said that this is how the start is made, that if one does not see with minute glance the judgment of those men in authority who must be respected, and there is room for doubt, then its first demand is, because of his respect one must not speak against it, and should seek Allah's forgiveness, and should pray. But if this were to happen, and it happens repeatedly, then it is feared that a man may stumble further. So in many of the judgments where a man has faith and has respect, there also some suppressed trials can become a prelude to great dangers. About that, this is the great teaching which has been given. We must not raise objection about that matter and should seek Allah's forgiveness and protect our faith should put our trust in Allah and should pray to God. That, O Allah, if you did not forgive me and did not have mercy on me, in such a case I will definitely be among the losers. And if the questions do rise, then this is a very good prayer, that is its first part. That, oh, I cannot encompass your wisdoms. I don't know why many of the things are happening in this world. What hidden experience your decree holds. We do see your judgment, but our glance does not reach your decree. Therefore, we beg your protection from such doubts which may rise in the heart on such occasions. One prayer is of Hazrat Joseph, peace be on him, which explains to us anything of the same situation. At the start of the chapter Joseph, Allah says that it is best of narrative which we are about to narrate. It is such a magnificent incident that such interesting incident and more loving and more charming story you would never have heard, nor can you ever hear, because it is the best of the narratives. The Holy Quran has narrated many stories of the prophets, and it has narrated incidents more interesting than the others, but it is only the chapter Joseph which has been called Ahsan al-Qasas, the best narrative. As I was reflecting over this, my heart gave witness that the prayer which Hazrat Joseph has said is the height of beauty. It is such a beautiful prayer. It presents such amazing scene of the magnificence of Hazif that you will not find such example in the human history. When Zulaikha, 
the chief's wife, put him to trial, and attempted to seduce him, and joined with her the beautiful women of her city or her town, that if I cannot fully captivate him, then we should all get together and captivate him, and under its influence he may give in to our desire. This was the scheme which has been mentioned in the Holy Quran. At that, Hazrat Joseph prayed, Kala Rabbi Sijno These women are calling me to carnal desires and life of luxury. But, O God, I prefer to be put in prison and pass my life in prison. I don't like this freedom, which is the freedom of desires, and is not a freedom to win your pleasure. How great is it! One could have prayed that, O Allah, save me. But, on the other hand, he saw the prison and kept that subject in mind and said this prayer, that, O Allah, I prefer prison. Now you see how subtle are the links between prayer and acceptance of prayer. First, I could not understand that why did Allah put poor Hazrat Joseph in, su in such long imprisonment. It was the prayer which he himself said, which he then faced. So whereas, on the one hand, it is a subject of taking care with one's prayer, as the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has taught us, that you must never pray for difficulties. Allah can resolve the matters without putting you in difficulty. You must ask for this. Why unnecessarily should you put yourself in difficulty? He did us a great favor. But on the other hand, Allah told us that when my servant says some prayer, then to make manifest the truth of their heart, I do this. This prayer and its acceptance together has made this matter so magnificent that ever since this world is created, such an incident never happened, that God, who loves his servant so much, and then such a pious servant, he hears his prayers and protects him, and then puts him in the prison. Why did he put him in the prison? In my view, it was for the reason that the truth of the heart of Hazrat Joseph should be established, and he should be shown different and distinguished from the old people who also pray. Otherwise, at times those who pray say big prayers and continue to sacrifice their life with the word of mouth. But when the time of trial comes, they run for their life. I've seen this. I receive many letters that if you say, our possessions, our life, everything will be presented to you. But if they face a little trial because of their children or because of a judgment of Qada department, then present neither their life nor their possessions. They start talking openly and say, is this the caliph? He has no justice. So Allah knows that mostly the words of mouth are untrue. People say great loving prayers, and they say the prayers weeping in prostration that, O oh Allah, if this happens, we are ready to present everything in your way. But when they face any difficulty, they step back. 
the Holy Quran has mentioned it in another place in this way, that you are the people who used to ask the permission to fight. You used to say that, O oh Allah, show us the field of jihad where we can present our sacrifices. And now the field is open and you stand and watch and you cannot understand what to do. So to ask something through prayer is one thing, but when the trial stands before you, suffer it and to bear it with patience is another thing. So in this beautiful narration, which is more beautiful than any other narration, Allah has told us that Hazrat Joseph said a prayer, but not just to make him suffer, but to tell the whole world for all time to come that he was extremely true and sincere in his prayer, and he could truly see the prison and its hard life. The Holy Quran has mentioned it in another place in this way, that you are the people who used to ask the permission to fight. You used to say that, O oh Allah, show us the field of jihad where we can present our sacrifices, and now the field is open and you stand and watch, and you cannot understand what to do. So to ask something through prayer is one thing, but when the trial stands before you, to suffer it and to bear it with patience is another thing. So in this beautiful narration, which is more beautiful than any other narration, Allah has told us that Hazrat Joseph said a prayer, but not just to make him suffer, but to tell the whole world for all time to come that he was extremely true and sincere in his prayer could truly see the prison and its hard life, but was seeking its protection, that, O oh Allah, instead of this life of luxury, please put me in the prison. And then he accepted it with pleasure. He stayed there and preached there and enjoyed the life there in the remembrance of Allah. He did not let a trace of complaint develop in his heart that why an innocent like me who is more innocent than anyone in the world is suffering in the prison. Then finally, when he is freed from prison, he expresses an amazing humility. He says to the royal messenger that first tell your master, your king, that what is the situation of those women who had blamed me for the crime? What do they say? If you want to free me from imprisonment, then free me as an innocent man. You see how amazing, interesting and deep is this subject. Joseph said, I have been put in prison charged with the crime. How can I come out with the charge still on me? This charge is what I don't like. It was for its sake that I had borne all suffering. Therefore, as long as I am not freed and as innocent, I still don't want freedom even when the king is kind to me. Then when the king inquired from those women that he is entirely innocent, he is an angel, no blame lies on him. It is we who had done this mischief. After that, Hazrat Joseph says, even now I don't consider myself innocent. That man's self always incline him toward sin. It was only Allah's mercy that I was saved. 
So you see that the Quranic prayers, which condense such deep meanings, when you dive deep into them, and diving in them, you see those prayers and the circumstances of their acceptance, then how beautiful and charming scenes are observed behind these coverings. Not only this, but behind each covering you see some more coverings, and if you continue to uncover them and apply these meanings on yourself, you will continue to see some more subtle and charming scenes behind them. Then Hazrat Abraham's other prayer is somewhat similar to what has already passed. It is, This prayer is somewhat similar, but is in fact different from the prayer of chapter Al-Baqarah mentioned in verse 127. There also it says, If you read it with a cursory glance, it looks the same prayer. In both places, the prayer is said for the peace of this city, but is that the previous prayer was not said for the city, but was said for the place. Because the prayer there is, this place, a desolate plain, where there is nothing, transform it into a living city. But the prayer which has now been said does not say that make this place city, a peaceable place. But he said, that, O oh Allah, you have heard my prayer, and you have already made this place into a city. It is now being populated. Now I pray to you for the peace of this city. After that, there are such things mentioned in this prayer, which are deeply linked to the previous prayer, and changes have been made in view of what Allah addressed him in answer to his prayer. I will read the first prayer to refresh your memory. The prayer was, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَلْ حَاذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا وَرْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ قَالَ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتَّهُ قَلِيلًا ثُمَّ أَسْتَرُّهُ إِلَىٰ عَذَابِ النَّارِ وَبَيْسُ الْمَسِيرِ Hazrat Abraham supplicated to God that would transform this place into a city which should be a city of peace, and to those who dwell in that city, grant all kind of sustenance, and grant them all kind of fruit. To all those who believe in Allah and believe in the hereafter. O Abraham, accept your prayer far more than what you have asked for. Those among them who have not believed, I will provide them sustenance in this life. However, I will punish them in the hereafter. This answer of the punishment in the hereafter has greatly frightened Hazrat Abraham, 
and so he has made a change in the next prayer. I will explain that change to you and then you will understand why there is a difference in the two prayers and in what loving style changed and said that prayer. He says, He has learnt that some wicked people will certainly be born, some idolaters will be born. The city was established for the safety of God, but the idolaters will also enter the city. So he said this prayer, that, O Allah, save me and my children, that we should ever worship idols. That these idols and false gods have misled most of your people. Whoever will follow me from among them, he will be mine. And whoever will be mine, he will remain a believer in the unity of Allah. Therefore, you will never be displeased with those who are mine. How did Allah save him from blame? Allah had first made an exception as a result of that prayer and had said that I will treat them kindly in this world, but I will punish them in the hereafter. After this, Hazrat Abraham said, Whoever will be mine, you will certainly not punish him, because you love me so much, you treat me so kindly, then how is it possible that whoever belongs to me, you should treat him wrathfully? As for those who will be my enemy, who will be sinful, about whom you have said that I will give them painful punishment, Hazrat Abram was extremely kind and was very gentle-hearted and this has been mentioned in the Holy Quran. So he does not like that they should be treated harshly in the hereafter. And so he says, As far as those people are concerned who reject me, I know this much, that you are most forgiving and most merciful. Saying just this much, he left the matter. If you please, you can punish them, and in answer to my first prayer, you have told me that such unfortunate people will eventually be punished. Therefore, now I am saying this amended prayer, that whoever is mine, he has come under protection, and whoever will no longer be mine, I say this much for him, that you should not look at him, but see your own self. He is sinful. You are most forgiving and infinitely merciful. How loving is this style? How moving style of prayer this is? If understanding its feeling, you dive in that feeling and then pray, you will see what magnificent fruit your prayer will bear.
that overload i have left my son ishmael in this desolate wilderness in such a bleak and barren desert where nothing grows near your house li yuqimu salata so that they should worship you the prayer i had said for them that provide them fruit show mercy to them as was mentioned in the first prayer they are secondary things my real purpose was that i should leave them near your house and they should fulfill the aim of your house ta fajal afidat min nas tahri ilaihim so incline people's heart towards them because they are your worshiping servants otherwise i have no interest to feed them fruit if they do not worship you then the only interest i had was that if it is possible forgive them on the day of judgment as far as the fruit of the world is concerned you have given your promise but i submit that even now i have interest in this whether you give them something in this world or not but those who are pious who worship you do incline the hearts towards them and for them people should bring all kinds of gifts from far off places all kinds of fruit should reach them lallahum yashkuru so that they become your grateful servants they should see these blessings and should repeatedly thank you that o oh allah it is nothing but a manifestation of your love that the hearts of the people were inclined towards us otherwise we had no relevance rabbana innaka ta'lamu ma nukhfi wa ma nulin the high station of hazrat abraham continues to emerge more as you reflect on his prayers he submitted that o oh allah my intention is pious the interest i had was that they should worship you and i had no interest in the material sustenance but at the same time he thought that sometime a man is not aware of his hidden intentions it is a big claim indeed to say before god that i am praying with this intention and not with such and such an intention then he immediately submitted rabbana innaka ta'lamu ma nu'manulin that o god you know what we hide and what we disclose what it means is that even if we say we have good intentions that we are stating good things before you that we are praying by keeping such and such good deeds in view even then there is a possibility a chance that some hidden aims may be fulfilled some hidden intentions may be unpious or lustful therefore supplicate you that i do not claim any kind of infallibility about myself i know that whatever intention i can see as pious it is possible that there may still be some hidden unpious aim for that please treat me with mercy that is it is an expression of one's humility and is a confession of possible sins what am i o god you are the one 
for whom there is nothing hidden in the heavens and the earth. Alhamdulillah, Hilazi, Wahabali, Al Al Kibare Ismaila, Vais Haka, in the Rabbi Lesabu Dua. All praise is for God alone, who has granted me in my old age good children like Ishmael and Isaac. These are the children who were granted as a result of the for pious children, who proved that Hazrat Abraham's intention was pious to its very core. Apparently, it has not been said, but when you read this subject together, then this witness has also been borne by God, that Abraham was saying in humility that as far as I know, my intention is pious, but you know best. At the same time, he said, one such thing which shows that Allah knew his intention, and he treated Hazrat Abraham according to his pious intentions, because the pious children about whom he said that I beg of you pious children, by giving him pious children, Allah demonstrated that his intention was pious. Allah gave him Ishmael and granted him Isaac. So Hazrat Abraham acknowledges himself. It looks his mind got to it and he understood the whole thing. Immediately after his expression of humility, Allah has explained it to him that, O Abraham, why are you fearing about your intentions? Have a look at your children, how pious are their faces. Have a glance on their character. Are they not the fruit of your prayers? If they are, then say Alhamd, thank Allah and sing His praises, and say, Inna Rabbi dua. Look, my Lord hears prayers the most, and as a sign of acceptance of my prayer, He has granted me such pious children. It is the same kind of as Hazrat promised to Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said in some line of his poems. You gave the good news, and hence these children, they shall never go to waste, and shall multiply like the box shrubs in a garden. What a good news! A nourishment for the heart indeed. Holy is he who brought my enemies to disgrace. Thus, time and again, Allah hears the prayer of his pious servants and bring fruit to bear according to their prayers. And when that fruit, it shows that those prayers were true and he has borne true fruits. Now at the end, I will read one prayer of Hazrat Abraham, a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The end of the subject has not come yet. There is still much of the subject still to be covered, but the rest I will discuss in the future, inshallah. 
حضرت ابراہم میں پیس اینڈ بلیسنگ سبھی اپن ہم پریڈ اکی ربی جلنی مقیمس ولاتے و منظوریتی ربنا و تقبل دعا ربنا فرلی ولی والدیہ ولی المومنین یوم یقوم الحساب that o oh my lord keep me and my children firmly established on prayer rabbana wa taqabbal dua and o oh our lord do accept our prayer rabbana firli wa li walidayya o god forgive me and forgive my parents also walil mu'minina and forgive the believers also yawma yaqumu al-hisab on the day when the accounts will be taken here this subject has been mentioned that despite the fact that hazrat ibrahim had said this prayer before the birth of his children that i want pious children i want children who observe prayer that is why i left my newly born child near your house where there was no water nor any provision of food that he should worship you if had i had wanted food and worldly pleasure then why would have i brought him from the populated places to this desolate place clearly the truth of intention is manifesting here and allah accepted that prayer despite that as long as there is life this prayer should continue because despite being established on worship trials are faced even by the worshipers and the situations of the stumbling continue to arise we find the mention in the traditions of such worshipers worshiped all their life but in some situations they stumbled for some reason and were thrown away from god for good so to stop a worshiper from arrogance he has been reminded to continue to supplicate to god with humility that whatever we have attained in worship as long as we have not breathed our last it is in danger it is no doubt a wealth and a blessing granted by you but blessings are also lost therefore hazrat ibrahim may peace and blessings of allah be upon him first praise for himself Rabbi jalni muqim as-salat. O God, make me to establish prayer. Now you tell me that if these days someone has apparently become established on prayer, what comparison can he have with the rushing on prayer of Hazrat Abraham? May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. There is no comparison whatsoever. But some worshippers show much pride in the world today they say what else we want we observe prayer and are rigidly established on prayer whereas to be established rigidly is one thing and to be established on prayer with the melting of the heart is another thing but the of hazrat ibrahim may peace and blessings of allah be upon him tells us that to be established on prayer is not a protected station as long as one has not breathed his last and allah has not called one to him so you should say this prayer after understanding its meaning 
and should not present your worship before God with pride, but should present it with humility and modesty and with fear, and put a glance on the world that this has always been going on in the world and is going on today, that sometimes very wealthy and great rich men suddenly face such problems and difficulties that nothing is left for them. All their riches are lost. Whatever they had earned comes to an end. So if the riches of the world are not safe, then the spiritual wealth is not safe, in the sense that if trial is faced, it also can destroy these blessings. Therefore, you should seek help through prayer to protect these blessings. O Lord, forgive me and forgive my parents also. Here a balance has been created. The prayer which was said for children. Then on the other side you should remember your parents also. You should pray for your parents also. Here the prayer is not for the establishment of the parents on prayer because they had died and in many of the cases they are passed away or in some of the cases they are passed away. Therefore you will not find the prayer for the establishment of parents on prayer but you will find a prayer of forgiveness. And for the believers also on the day when the account is settled. This is such a subject about which I will need to discuss sometime in the future, that the prayer which Hazrat Abraham, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had said for his father about Allah says that he was given a special permission. Then after that, what is the meaning of this prayer? for my parents. Is this the same prayer and was it after this that Allah forbade it or does this prayer have another meaning? Similarly, we find the prayer of Hazrat Noah in the same words that forgive me and forgive my parents also. In one place Allah says that this Prophet, that is Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And, and for his followers it is not permitted that even if they are near relations, that is, it is not parents, but other relations are also included in this that if they are idolaters, you must not ask Allah's forgiveness for them. This is such a subject that at times some friends do ask that we say this prayer during Salat, prayer worship. And if someone has accepted Islam from among the Hindus and his parents are idolaters, will he not say this prayer during Salat? And then the question is, the companions of the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, not say these prayers, a majority of whose parents were idolaters. 
so this subject need further research. I have glanced on some of its parts and I have understood some meaning, but it needs further investigation and sometime in future, inshallah, I will present this subject before you. As it is now getting late, I will inshallah discuss this next time. Later, when before the final part of the Arabic sermon, Huzu said, As in the past, this sermon is being heard live by the Jamaats of Mauritius and of Japan. May Allah give them courage and the best reward and give them capacity. There is much expense for this. I don't know how these poor people are bearing this expense. May Allah bless greatly their means of sustenance. What sacrifice they are doing for the sake of Allah, may Allah give them the best reward for it. Besides this, the Jamaats in UK also hear the sermon live, South Hall, Croydon, Hounslow, East London, Manchester, Gillingham are also included in this. Now I have to launch a brief appeal. Whatever poverty and starvation is being faced in Africa is sometimes further aggravated by other problems. In my last appeal, with the grace of Allah, the Jamaat showed much more response with their devices than is normally expected. Their contributions will inshallah be used in the best possible way to feed the poor. Some is already being used. And we are suggesting how the best results can be obtained in future. Since a number of refugees from Liberia had entered Ghana, Nigeria and Sierra Leone and their condition in the refugee camps is extremely poor, therefore given instructions that Khuddamul Ahmadiyya and other organizations there should make a solid program under the Amir and should serve these refugees. I have now received requests from them that we need other various items, that is, money on its own is not enough. We need certain goods. They need some medicine which we are, inshallah, providing them. Wherever the Ahmadi medical associations take part in charitable work, I hereby inform them that when we will receive the lists of medicine, we will send them. They should try to collect some medicine because they know what kind of diseases are found in that region. Whatever medicine they can provide, they should. Secondly, they say there is much scarcity of clothing. Young children, women, etc. are in a very poor condition. They do not require very warm clothes, but light or medium clothing is needed. So in your homes, that is from the Jamaats in Europe, USA, Canada, etc., wherever there are spare clothes, which we can send easily, uh, they must present them. This can be organized by Ansar, Khuddam and Lajna, or each Amir should assess whether this task may be assigned to any one organization or he may ask it to be undertaken by the overall Jamaat. In any case, 
this work should be done promptly. Those who wish to donate clothes should note that although they are very poor and destitute people, but we are not in fact presenting these clothes to them, we are presenting them before God. Therefore, unclean clothes taken out of a jumble, creased and in sad state with bad smells should not be given. You should wash and press them as you prepare for your children so that you don't have to feel shame. You should present them in this form. May Allah accept this sacrifice of the Jamaat and enable us to share the suffering of mankind and spread happiness among them. Amen. Alhamdulillah, in Amuru, and a stay in Uru, and a Stafiru, when no men obey, when a Tawakalwale, when Auzubillah, him in Shururan for Sena, from in Sayyati Amalina, Maya de Hillah, who falaha, Mudilla, who ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهان الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله اكبر